welcome to another episode of Long-Legged Beasties, the podcast that puts horror movies in their proper place. I'm Susan Arndt, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Mr. Brian Crescenti. Hello. And the one and only Adam Sessler. Hello, hello, hello. That sound you hear in the background, by the way, is my dog digging at the carpet because she's so agitated by this week's movie. <laughs> she's, is, she, is she terrified? <laughs> she is, in fact, terrified. It's okay, really. I know it is a very upsetting movie. It's very uns- okay. We're, we're we're settling down now. Uh, so before we uh, we get into that, uh, when we say we're putting horror movies in their proper place, Brian, what the heck do we mean by that? Well, so we have this uh, theory that uh, movies aren't necessarily uh, categorized by the thing of horror movies, the thing that overtly like is in the title, like Dracula, Frankenstein, that they are actually movies that should be categorized within the genre of horror as uh, a bunch of different subcategories. uh, And those are based on what actually is scaring you. So those subcategories are creature, gore, Killer, paranormal, psychological, science, and, of course, nature, which scares everybody. Definitely. And this week's, this this is going to be a corker of a conversation. This week's movie is Terrified from 2017. And normally, the the, the movies we've done so far have been older movies. So uh, spoilers weren't really an issue because if you haven't watched a movie from the 1950s, I can't help you. I'm sorry. That's We're going to talk about the plot. However, this movie being a more recent movie, it's one you may not have seen, especially since uh, it is not an English language movie. So if you haven't seen Terrified, we are absolutely going to spoil some key elements of the movie during our conversation. So if you haven't seen it, you don't want to be spoiled. Just push pause on this. Go watch the movie. We'll wait. Come back and then join this discussion. Cool? We all cool? All right. Adam... Tell us about this movie. Yes, I'll, I'm just gonna make one note. The movie, I believe, it is exclusively available on the streaming service Shutter, um, which I think is also putting it together some really good deals during our pandemic times. Uh, it's a good service. If you like this podcast, it's probably well worth you know the five six bucks a month that it is. Anyway, um, so yes, the movie is called Terrified. It's an Argentine movie. Now get ready, all right, as we go through the plot summary. Um, I, 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 I might need some help from the two of you as well, because there's a lot of characters and a lot of things going on. But more, I feel like we should, put a, we should put a timer up so you can do it in 10 seconds or less. Oh, yeah. No. So <laughs> it's about a haunted cul-de-sac in a suburb of Buenos Aires. Um, there's three different houses that are all experiencing different types of paranormal experiences. In one, uh, there is a woman whose son uh, is is killed in a a really horrible bus accident, and the child four days later comes back out of the grave and just sits still in their kitchen. Uh, In another house, there's a guy who's convinced there's something under the bed and is increasingly unable to sleep, losing his mind, trying to reach out to paranormal um, explorers or scientists to see if he can get some help. And then in a third house, uh, it's a very disturbing scene. Um, There's a man who wakes up to find his wife levitating and smashing herself back and forth into the walls of the shower until she dies. Uh, That gentleman is then uh, arrested for her murder and in in the process of that, a detective, his friend who's a retired um, uh, 
coroner, who also seems to have a belief in the, in the paranormal, they start to realize that there's something happening in this cul-de-sac. They're able to bring in other paranormal researchers, and then they end up having to spend the night in one of the three respective houses. And then things get really, 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 really crazy. Um, and we, we, we'll probably get into what happens at the very end of it uh, during the course of our discussion, so I'm not going to get into to those particulars. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's scary. It's got some of the blackest humor I've ever seen. Um, and it really is It's just... I think we're about to talk about it. This just does not fit easily into <laughs> right. any category. It's so, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because the, uh, Adam, you did a great job of sort of presenting this, but it is not presented that straightforward when you watch no. it. No, 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 yeah, no. So they've, they've got the, the husband, uh, or, or the, the neighbor as we'll call him, who has this, this entity under his bed, um, is sort of the the beginning, but it's not uh, chronologically. It's not the beginning of the story, but it opens with that. Um, oh, actually, no. It does it. Uh, yeah, it does. No, it, it actually opens with the, the husband. With the su- husband. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're the right. And then comes it jumps home. back. Right. So the husband comes home, and his wife is hearing voices in the drain. That's right. Yes. That's right. She hears, and she, the voice she hears is saying, "I'm going to kill you." Um, and yeah, it's like so. It is like uh, if you untangle it. I guess you could almost say it's an anthology. I, I didn't I didn't view it as an anthology, but I could see these are three on some level oh, yeah. disparate mm-hmm. tales, right? Yep, absolutely. And that's actually part of the problem I have with this movie. I to be clear, I love it. I love the movie. It is very unsettling and very uncomfortable the entire time you're watching it. But nothing connects to each other, which is I think part of why I'm having difficulty assigning a category to it. It's assigning a genre to it because except for geography, nothing, nothing connects. It's the three houses are, are next physically next to each other, but that's it. Yeah. There, I mean, there is this weird and, and you, you know, we're going to spend, I think we're going to end up struggling to spend time on both the discussion of genre and just the plot. Uh, Mm. But, like, there is a moment in this movie where you're like, you know, maybe this is just a really gory, really scary sci-fi movie. Because the underlying, and obviously big spoiler, but the one of the underlying uh, sort of plot points, one of the things that they discover, this uh, paranormal researcher and this uh, other researcher who sort of dwells more on the science aspect, is this, this uh, notion that... Uh, reality is sort of, uh, I love the way they describe it. They say it's sort of segmented like an orange and that uh, these different Mm -hmm. realities exist side by side and uh, that I think they said water connects them, which is a big problem if you're human because you're a lot of water as we come to discover. There's microbes in the water and that's how they travel into a new dimension and then, yeah, it seems to have a transformation, a transformational effect on people who are drinking water. (laughs) Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just remembered the boy. The boy has the water. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's right. He, yeah, he uh, he's getting his soccer ball out of out of the neighbor's yard, and he drinks from from the spigot right. on, in their lawn, and then he dies. Right, and the guy, the the neighbor who at this point has glowing red eyes, uh, kind of peeks out through the shutters and says, "Get away from here! Don't drink that water!" And then he mm-hmm. backs up and gets hit by a bus. I have to tell you, this is the goofiest thing because this movie is scary as hell. 
It has so many memorable moments, but I am not kidding when I tell you one of the things that bugged me about this movie in a like an unsettling way. Throughout the entire movie, I kept expecting people who were crossing the street without looking both ways to get hit by another bus. <laughs> I know it's stupid, but I was like every time because there were so many scenes where they're like walking backwards or crossing the street. And I'm like, oh, my God, just look, man. Someone just got killed doing that. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, I, I, that, that struck me here on my second viewing of the movie is it invokes poltergeist. I think some other movies sort of within Very that genre so, yeah. more overtly mm-hmm. than I think I realized the first time. So I was just so taken aback by how effective the, the, the movie was. But the whole little playful moment that you might get with the silverware that's just dangling and almost like a, a, a wind chime and then turns mm-hmm. horrible when it, you know, all of a sudden a knife goes through the guy's hand. And, mm-hmm. and, and even the, the kind of black humor of the sun returning, you know, it, it, it's kind of reminiscent of the early part of Poltergeist. But what I did like is instead of starting with everything light and moving into the dread, it just keeps on hitting these various buttons. You know there's something dreadful going yeah. on, and then you're like, well, okay, maybe it's just a playful ghost that you know likes to mess with the cutlery. Mm, okay, I'm going to have to disagree there. It, nothing ever feels... Pl- not to me. It never felt playful to me. It always felt like an attempt to communicate a, a certain dominance to, to be present like the cutlery you've got the cut so in the one house the cutlery is is dangling apparently of its own volition from a, a cabinet and then you know uh, one of the researchers goes over to check it out and, a, and he's speared by a steak knife and that's really horrible knives through the hands really get to me i would <laughs> they that just really bugs me so much just just that but then You've got uh, the the thing under the neighbor's bed, which, by the way, is a full-size, creepy, naked man. But more than full-size, by the way. He's completely like, emaciated, he's, yeah. It's not, it, it's, and it's he's like, folded in half to get under there. It's yeah. that so, big. So, it, it, oh my, it's so <laughs> it creepy. Is, okay, so maybe, maybe the best thing to do is kind of, let's go through this uh, chronologically in terms of the movie, because there's so okay. much. Like, okay, so... The, 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 the woman scene, the, you know, the, the noise in the drain, the wife. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I love about that scene is there is this horror. It, it has got a very urban, urban, urban legend feel to it because uh, he hears this thumping and he's like, what the heck? Yeah. And so he, he thinks it's his neighbor who's been making all these noises who we haven't been introduced to yet. So he, He's getting annoyed. All this time is passing. He keeps hearing thumping. He goes over to the neighbor. He knocks on the, he, he rings the doorbell. He's like, I can hear you. More time is passing. He comes back. He keeps hearing it. And then suddenly there's this chilling moment and you can almost feel like the, 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 uh, just the chill go down his spine where he's like, wait a minute, this isn't, that's not coming from my neighbor. And he realizes it's coming from his bathroom and he opens the door and the thumping is his wife who is looks like she's being hung except there's no noose and she's yeah. just swinging violently back and forth between the balls walls of the shower so you then realize you have this realization that that thumping you were hearing for this whole opening segment was his wife getting slammed into walls which is a, such a great touch the thing okay but here's in the context of everything else that happens in the movie this is, it's an amazing scene. It's, it's a, it's a wonderful shock of 
of you don't know what's about to happen and because you, you think that it, you think the neighbor is going to be the whatever. Yeah. And, oh, no, 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 no. It's a is it a ghost that's levitating or what's going on? This is the problem I have because the thing that happens to her is utterly unlike everything else that happens in the movie. Right. Right. Yeah. You're so right. So that bugs me because it's this it's a great moment. But then what? I don't understand why, because everything else seems to be connected to these creatures, which is the thing under the bed, which is that the big gangly with the long fingers and they look like claws. (laughs) And and then the thing that comes out of the wall in the in the house and snaps the the uh, paranormal lady's neck. Yeah. Love when she comes back later, oh, by oh, yeah. the way. It's so good. Yeah. But that they that all seems to be the everything else seems to connect to this idea of microbes in the water, they travel in the water, and then they manifest in our in our dimension, except what's going on in the shower, unless are we supposed to think because she's being hit by the shower water, because the shower is running, that that's somehow has something to do with it. Yeah, I mean- that's certainly not communicated. That, that's the only thing I would think. But even even if that's the case, even if it is sort of the connective tissue is the water, mm-hmm. um, first, it's not communicated. And second, mm-hmm. the way these things manifest themselves throughout the entire movie, that you're right, that that, that moment is, they're all sort of different from each other, but this one's like super different. It's, yeah. it's, it's this telekinetic ability. It's like a poltergeist, you know, taking, grabbing somebody, which mm-hmm, mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. doesn't happen. But yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't, uh, Adam, if you want to pitch in. Well, yeah, I, I was, was going to say, it, it is also interesting that that is the first scene you see, but that is not chronologically the first scene you have that you right. almost wonder, it's like, oh, we have such a good scene, but it doesn't seem to work well in the yeah. film. So why don't we do it at the front? And then people might slowly forget about it. Yeah. The ones that, that, yeah, exactly. that are doing a podcast. I, I do wonder, and once again, this is pure speculation, um, is that you almost feel this tension in the movie, unlike some, some other films that, that we've talked about, where they want to explain some of what's going on, but then they're like, ah, maybe we don't want to explain some of what's going on. Right. That right. It's, it, you know, because beyond just the water that connects anything, the crack in the wall that the, the, the lady, yes. uh, paranormal woman, is, is looking at, you get the sense that it's connected into some sort of maybe underground structure that also might be connecting these various houses. I think there's something that said to that effect. I might be wrong. There's like, there's a, there's a confusing explanation where they talk about, and and I kind of got it, where they talk about viewing angles. Um, And it's Mm, like, uh it's not really light. It's not like light and shadow. It's like perspective, which I get, but the way it's illustrated (gasps) is kind of, kind of nonsensical. But I think that, that what they're saying is that it's, my interpretation was, it's like this idea of the space between the atoms. Like it's always there. You just can't see it. And for whatever reason, suddenly you could start to see it and, oh, it's another universe, another a parallel dimension. Um, the, the way I took it, like, you know, those lenticular things where, where, where you <laughs> right, move, yeah. you move the, the piece of, of plastic back and forth and you move it to one side and it's one picture and you move it just a little bit and it's a different picture. Well, like the cover of that Rolling Stones album from 1965. That's exactly what we Amazing topical (laughs) reference. Thank you, Adam. I'm sure that will resonate with our audience. Uh, But because there's one scene where the the 
uh, retired coroner, the cop's friend, yeah. is looking out the window. Oh, right. And he, he sees oh. across the way in the window of the other house where the cop is, he sees the, the gangly guy standing there looking at him. But if he shifts a little to the right and looks in a looks out a different window pane, the guy's not standing there anymore. I mean, and it, earlier in the film, uh, the 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 scientist who is one of the paranormal researchers, on one if you look under the neighbor's bed where the where he says this monster is from one angle, the bed is empty. If you walk to the other side of the bed and look under, you see the 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 dude, the whatever it is. <laughs> And I loved that idea of, you know, look, looking at – because that, that explains the, you know, you, you think you see something out of the corner of your eye, but then when you turn your head, it's not there. Yeah. I, I love that. Here's something I'm wondering, though. As I was watching the film, because as we said, it's, it's from Argentina. It's not in English. It's subtitled. I could pick up a little bit of what was being said. Uh, I – Many, many years ago, I was fluent in Spanish, and I still have a, a, a basic understanding of certain things. And I noticed times when the translation didn't really match what they were saying. So I'm wondering, given that this is talking about very weird concepts, I'm wondering if part of what doesn't work is because of a less than ideal translation for the subtitle and, 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 and maybe it can be explained more elegantly in spanish yeah right then yeah. you know the, a more clunky way you have to do it in english because that's the right. other huge problem with a lot of subtitles is you still have to also time it to how much you know that person is speaking right, right. and you know with, with, with various languages it might work fine with others it's just it's you know there's a lot of extra syllables in spanish which yeah. is why it sounds yeah, exactly. so cool. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, like, I, one of the things, I love this movie. I adore this movie. But I am also excited about the fact, I don't know if you guys know that, uh, Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro has signed on to oh, produce. Really? with this, Yeah, with the same director, they're going to produce uh, an English version of this movie. Shut up! Yeah, and um, <gasps> the it's going to be a remake. Um, oh. And I read an interview with the, the director, Damien Rugna, who uh, had this to say, which is really, this is even more fascinating. So they're doing the remake, and obviously they're going to have to do some changes, or there will likely be some changes. But mm -hmm. also, he is uh, working on, or uh, on a very early uh, level, he's working on a sequel. And the huh? sequel, he's written to be produced in Argentina, just in case they don't give him the green light to, re uh, to produce it in the U.S., so there's sort of three oh, movies kind of going on right now. But yeah, I'm very interested interested to see how the English version is going to compare to this, to see if some of that is sort of tightened. I mean, personally, I, I, I'm, I'm as a fan of magic realism, as a fan of of sort of this sort of fiction, I like that's where I think this falls. It's not meant to be understood on some level. It's meant to be sort of this conjoining of reality and magic and surreality. Surreality is not really a word. Surreality. Surreality. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, so I love it. I have to say, though, going back to the lensticular thing, I, I am so amused by that, uh, Susan. I think it's so funny. In my mind, this idea of like a magic eye poster, but when you finally see it, it grabs you and snaps your neck. <laughs> it's like the worst magic eye poster ever. 
<laughs> or the best magic or the eye best. poster so, um, ever. Yeah, I want to go back to that scene with the window because, yes. okay. um, A, I just love it. Because, you know, it, it ends in one of, well, for me, it was a highly effective jump scare. Um, so my wife is not here to uh, explain the sound that she suddenly heard. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the movie with headphones on, and I knew there were things that had jump scared me before, completely forgot about this. And she was impressed that that sound could exist in nature, but I think she was not <laughs> impressed that I was the one that created it. Um, <laughs> it just completely great. got to me. Um, and, 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 and when I, it, it, a lot of people think jump scares are kind of cheap and I think leaning on them is not a good thing and it, it, it doesn't end up in a satisfying movie, but where they really can work is they get you like on, on your back foot. Yeah. You right. start to not trust what's going on and you realize the director has full control here. And I thought that moment, I, I was already so into the movie, but now it's like, oh God, I forgot this movie can get really, really intense. I think the, the scene with the female um, parapsychologist, when she suddenly emerges in her transformed state, it's, yeah. oh man. Although I want to I talk about that for a minute because I love it. It's so good. So basically, okay, so... She's she's looking the the neighbor has been doing some home repairs. This has somehow led to a wicked huge crack, not even a crack, gaping hole in the house of the the guy whose wife ended up in the shower. The female parapsychologist is looking into peering into this hole. She sees a face. And then she turns to the side to talk to the cop and a, a hand wrap comes out, snaps, you know, grabs the top of her head, snaps her neck. Boop. Dead. The cop's like, that's it. Peace out. I'm gone. <laughs> he leaves. Right. He's in his car trying to leave. Her body, which is now kind of floppy on the top half because her vertebrae has been broken, comes running out with her head flopped back like an open Pez dispenser yep, and starts pounding on the car window. Here's something, this, this is what brings me back to the translation bit. She runs out and says he has to help them because they're torturing. Yes. Him. Yeah, that's I wanna, right. I want to talk about that because I actually think that. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and she says, there's still time. You, you need to help us. Yeah. So this is getting a little bit into genre, but th what when she said that, and when I start thinking about this idea of these creatures that are sort of coming out and and grab and also just uh, I'm sorry I'm going to change scenes for a moment to set this thought up, but it mm -hmm. connects to what you just described. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is the disappearance of the medical examiner, um, and mm. and he he basically gets I guess sucked into a cabinet, like and they can hear him, and he's screaming. And the uh, uh, the the police detective, soon to retire, of course, police detective, is trying to figure out where he's coming from. And he realizes that as he leans, as he kind of looks over to one direction toward the back of the thing, he can hear him louder. So then he starts pulling away the back and he pulls it away enough to see the face of his friend, who is not, when you open up the cupboard, he's not there. But he sees the face of this medical examiner, who's obviously been really jam-packed in there and he's screaming that he has glass in his eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think I, I'm, I'm, my memory may be wrong, but I believe he mentioned something about torture then too. 
Um, I don't know. I can't if, recall. So what I the thought I had the movie that this made me think of was Hellraiser, like this. Really? Because I, I was going to go to Event Horizon. Oh, interesting. Well, see, similar, similar though. Yeah, but this yeah, idea yeah. that there's another plane and this other plane is peopled by very, very bad things who do not like us. And when they get a hold of us, they grab us and they torture us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what, 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 what the thing in the closet or under the bed was doing to the one guy was, you know, unquestionably psychological torture because you get the sense that he's been having trouble yeah. with entities much longer than anybody else, you know, on the block. Right, right. right. Like he's he at his breaking point he, just when things happen yeah. to them. He says something, I think he says something to the effect of he hasn't really slept in two months or it's been going on for months. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Oh, there, okay, I, I gotta tell you, I, I do love the scene and there's nothing that really happens in it where you see him coming home from wherever he's working and just the look on his face that I have to go back in this house. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so great. It, it, it really is. It's like you really don't have much of a choice. You got to go in there and it's the last place you want to be. I mean, there, there is something yeah. where like home is not where the heart is. Yeah. I, you know, I think that that also speaks to all, all the scenes, that, that whole sort of um, short story, if you would, of this neighbor, um, I think does a really good job of making you through the eyes of the neighbor, making you feel like a child. Because like when he gets scared, he does the thing that to this day still makes me frightened when I think about it. When I was a little kid and I got scared, I would go running to my bed and I'd pull the sheets over my yeah. head and yeah. immediately I'd be like, why did I do that? Because now, you know, if I, if I pull those sheets down, it might be right there. So yep. I can't, I can't do that. I just have to be trapped you know, in full sight of whatever's there. And he does that. And it's so terrifying. And, and like this idea of like, you know, if you were, I was a latchkey kid and like coming home sometimes when my house was empty, I kind of felt like that. Cause you know, I, you know, all kids have imaginations. I was scared. There might be a boogeyman in there. And like the idea that you want to go to your home, but also you, you don't want to, but you have to, and you're scared. Mm -hmm. Like they did such a good job in that yeah. whole sort of segment, I think of doing that. Here's a question though. Because I'm, I'm liking the idea that there is this other dimension and, and the things that live there want to torture us because that also goes to, you know, whispering up the drain at the woman that you're, they're going to kill her. That's also torture. That all fits. But then you got the little boy. Right. So the little boy gets hit by a bus. He's buried. There's a funeral. A few days later, he digs himself out, comes home, sits at the kitchen table. He doesn't, to, to be clear, he's not talking or anything. He still looks and smells like a corpse. He's just sitting at the breakfast table, just in his little funeral suit. It's really awful. Tragic, yeah. And his fingers yeah, are all messed up because you get the sense he's been spending the past few yeah. days trying to dig his way out of the coffin. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there is this notion of, uh, there are sci-fi movies and horror movies that have done this, that he can only do things, he can only affect change in the world if nobody's looking at it. Mm. So like they there's a scene where they turn off the lights. I don't know why. By the way, this ME, the medical examiner, retired medical examiner is having this discussion with the detective in full view of this child who has we we're told is a zombie and looks like he might have been a zombie. And then he turns off the lights and he continues the conversation. And I'm like, "What are you doing, dude?" Look, I, man, you don't want a really high electric bill on top 
of funeral costs. Right, that's exactly. Just that's just an unnecessary that's expense. That's how good a coroner he is. It just doesn't right. He worries him. about the little things. I can keep talking in the dark with the zombie kid in the room. Exactly. Yeah, and then it's of course a few seconds later you hear this noise. They turn the light back on, and the milk glass. Another very sad, sort of poignant thing. There's milk and cookies set out for the kid by the mom, who's obviously lost it. Uh, yeah, mom. Mom is around the bend. Yeah, and, and so the, I mean, fair, honestly. Right. And then the milk glass is spilled over. There's milk on the ground, and one of the few jokes is uh, the police detective saying, "Don't turn off the lights again." <laughs> okay. I want to go back to the torture thing and then uh, the, the, the issue we all had with the, 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 the oddity of uh, the levitating woman that didn't seem to okay. be. Right. Yeah. So they say we're, they're torturing us. And remember, mm-hmm. the mom has lost her mind. We, we, we see her one last time when oh, she yeah. confronts yeah. the cop and she's now just taking the kid and put him in the car. Like they're like, yeah. like she, she's there. We have the guy across the street who's being psychologically brought down. Now, that, the house with the crack in it, that's mm-hmm. the shower house, correct? Correct, yes. No, wait, no, the house with the crack. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. You're so right. That's so that's the shower house. We know, actually, it's, it's the, the least about that gentleman, but he was engaging in house repairs. You know, I don't you know. Well, I don't no, know. They, so I think I, 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 I'm starting to look at the the the. the, the Things that are happening to them seem to be more precise to who they are than a more sort of unified creatures. Interesting. Go on. That's all I have (laughs) right now. So is it like a personalized hell for each person? Like the hell of a mother is her her child not just being killed. But yeah. then coming back and still being dead and not being able to console that, uh, yeah. not being able to finally put that death to rest. Yeah, you can't, you can't move on. You can't move on. And the husband loses his wife that he loves so much and then is accused mm-hmm. of beating her to death. Um, True. The, again, the one that sort of stands out is, is the neighbor who I, I actually don't know if he's doing house repair work. I think that's the excuse he uses because yeah, I guess he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't want to tell anybody oh. that like there's all these noises, I, but but right. we don't we don't you're right we don't know a lot about him. We know there's a lot of noise. We know that when he gets scared, he hides under the sheets. We know that he he looks under his bed multiple times because he's convinced there's something there, and that he sets up this camera to kind of catch catch whatever is uh, tormenting him, um, and that he reaches out for help. Also, we see this weird scene with him at work, I guess. Uh, where he gets sort of side-eyed because he's being really loud about needing help. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, th- that's again the one that doesn't fit in, I think, with this theme. Wait, what happens to him? Do we actually see? No, what happens they say to him? he's just disappeared. Well, so I think, and I may have misunderstood this. I think when the paranormal researcher is talking into the crack in the wall, I think she thinks that that's she him. sees that guy. Yeah. She calls him by his name and says, is that you? And he's just standing there. You can't really see him. He's got red glowing eyes. Huh. Um, so I, my th- feeling is that he's been pulled into this other dimension, which is the same place where the medical examiner is. Yeah. Um, and Except I, then the medical examiner isn't because he comes out. Right. Well, and, and so does the paranormal researcher. She, you know, she gets killed and yeah. you would think that would happen to her. But instead she's walking around with her, her neck, her head facing the wrong direction. See, this is, and this is, 
we're, we're really getting into how a lot of the things don't match up. I, again, I want to stress. This movie's very the good. The movie <laughs> works. Yeah. It's effective. I really enjoyed the the entire journey, even though it is a lot of disconnected. It's like somebody made a list of what would be really creepy. Right. What would make for a really creepy scene? Cool. And then they came up with like, okay, well, how do we stitch this together? Uh, I don't know. They all live on the same street. Okay, sure. Run with it. But I, but I, I feel if we if we're talking about what am I afraid of in this movie? Everything. I, yeah, <laughs> it's like everything. And I, I well, don't so, know. I mean, I think you're right. And and to, to in my mind, this feels like again. I love this movie. I would put it down as sort of a magic realism, sort of you know, a uh, hundred years of solitude, love in the time of cholera, uh, some of that stuff, um, fictional work where you're blending, you know, reality with these weird experiences. Um, but having said that, uh, the director is obviously a huge fan of horror movies, and it feels to me like he was trying to subvert some of the notions of of what you find in classic horror movies and reuse them and then trick you. So like, mm. you know, like the scene, you know, going back to where you're talking about the, the dangling um, utensils, the knives and forks dangling underneath that cabinet, um, it kind of does have that poltergeist feel to it where it's like, you know, this is a lighthearted moment. And they're like, oh, gee, look, it's a poltergeist and we can experience something unique and fun. And then the steak knife goes right through his hand Creepy. Creepier, though, was the, the, him suddenly realizing all the blood that's coming out of his hand is being sucked up. And you can hear the yeah, sucking noise. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and it's getting sucked yeah. up through the cabinet. And so I feel like. And not like a vacuum. No, like, like a straw. Like an animal sucking it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. slurping. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I feel like what what. And to some degree, I think the reason this feels a little disjointed is because it does feel like he was like, okay, I have this list of these amazing movies that uh, I, I loved, and I want to recreate some of those moments and turn them on their head. And so, mm. you know, you, you have this feeling of Hellraiser and of Poltergeist and of, um, I can't, what is, I can't think of the classic movie where, maybe it's Lights Out, where you can't, you know, the things can only come for you and you can't see them. Um, and so there are a lot of those movies and I think that is why it feels disjointed, but I kind of embrace that. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that sort of not knowing what the hell's going on, just being confused. Um, I don't want to bogart this whole thing, but I do, I do really want to talk about something that is so human in this movie, then probably the most human, human aspect of this entire movie, this retired detective who is the everyman. You know, he's standing in for us. He's the person who doesn't believe what's going on. He's not retired yet. He's, he's soon to, to be, soon to be, right. And, and, and near the end of the movie, problems. right, he has heart problems. Near the end of the movie, he has a full-blown heart attack. Yep. And I have to tell you, that freaked me out as much as any other scare in that movie. Him, it, was, it was scarier for me. Yeah, it was like so real because it's like you're not used to that. You're not used to something that's so, like he's sweating yeah. And he's like suffering and you could, he's like trying to drag himself out. And he is honest to God, having a heart attack. He's, he's sort of dragging himself, begging for help because he's like, I'm having a heart attack. And it's, it's like this long agonizing moment in the movie that is just so powerful. I think. Yeah. It's not a movie style heart attack. Like, Oh, uh, my arm. Oh no. Ah, like, no, this guy is 
have because, you know, it, lots of times in movies, it's the heart attack. Oh, you feel a twinge and then you're on the ground. You're dead. This guy's like, no, 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 no. It's it's the horrible, agonizing pain. And the thing is, he's trying. The reason he is triggered to have a heart attack is because he just saw the thing come out of the hand, come out of the wall and yep. snap this woman's neck. So he's terrified to go back to the title of the film. He's and he can't get away from a monster, an actual monster, yeah, because his heart isn't working properly. Like to me, that's that's the real terror of that. Is I, I, my own body is failing me at this point? This very real thing, yeah. Be, uh, that's scarier than the hand coming out of the wall. Yeah, it, it's like one of those yeah. moments where you're like, I need to exercise more in the middle of a whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Rule number one, cardio. Human frailty scores another but victory. <laughs> here, okay, here's a question for you guys. Would you classify this as a haunting movie? As in these houses right. or this neighborhood maybe, I don't know, are haunted so par- you'd, you'd put this in, or you're asking paranormal, basically, I'm under asking, our category. I'm not sure what the heck to I, do with I, it. Because I, I like, I've, got a, I've got a pretty strong feeling about where I would put it. But I'll say it last, because I don't want to influence either of you. I do think it's a haunting movie. I think, especially as okay. we've been talking, I'm kind of getting more on board that something has been kind of personalized to these various mm-hmm. people. And that kind of is the notion of a haunting. Like... Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, it's either the, 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 the entity wants attention or they just want to mess with you or get, or, or get you out. And I think this fits into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, as, I'm, as I'm thinking about the other movies that this puts me in mind of, like it's the same kind of feeling, I'm getting The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Uh, I'm get, I'm, or the, uh, the House on Haunted Hill, I should say. Uh, and and Event Horizon, that sort of you can't trust what you're seeing. There's a malevolent force at work. I mean, there's there's, there's, there's uh, also it, I, th- I think it also harkens back to some of the big Japanese movies, the mm-hmm. the Grudge, yep. even The Ring. You know yep. where like you've just got something that just is kind of just out for you. Yeah, and I think when it's. Because the one thing that makes it work, even though it is so disparate, you know, you've got the the levitation versus the being sucked into a dimension versus he's trying to light it. He's trying to burn down the house and he's trying to light the match to light the gasoline. And his this is the cop doing this. His friend, and, and something keeps blowing out the match and he turns <laughs> to the side and it's his friend now out of the cabinet with glass stuck in his eyes. And he's just blowing and he keeps blowing out the match and then smiles at him. I it's have like, to say, oh, time to go. That uh-huh. was, that was scary, but it also felt like a Looney Tunes moment <laughs> <laughs> where he's like trying to light the the match and like Wally yeah. Coyote's there and uh, and the Roadrunner keeps blowing it out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool. The one reveal. thing that makes all of those things connect to me is if the place is just haunted. Because if you go into some place that's haunted. Bad things will happen, but what the bad thing is at any given moment can change, and you're cool with it because oh, it's not it's not that a monster is here; it's that this whole place is spiritually broken. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the things I found the most innovative about the movie is we think of haunting, we think of a single structure, right. and the idea that 
they're going out into the street where I think I've just been conduced to think like somehow you made it. And yeah. there's yeah, no yeah, yeah. safety. The building, safe. In, in, it's a much larger space that you're not safe in. And I, I, yeah. I, I found that very affecting and, and one of the more unique things that the movie did. Maybe the water's haunted. Whoa. All right. I like that idea. I've, I've, heard, I've heard your arguments for haunting. Okay. Here's, here's, oh, ho. here's, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my category pick and then okay. I'll use two words, two words to, to tell you why I think it's, I think it's science. 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 And here are my this, two this words. This has crossed my mind. Buckaroo bonsai. Oh. Uh, okay, so in Buckaroo Bonsai, yeah. fantastic yep. movie. People hate it, but I love it. Oh, no. I love oh, it. It's, it's, it's one of the it's best genius. movies of the 80s. But, but, like, there's this moment where the, the scientists are trying to cross over into another dimension. Yep. And they one of them gets halfway over. I guess his head gets over. And he gets possessed by an, uh, this evil creature. And then he starts trying to open up the dimension to allow more of these creatures to come in and possess people. I, there's a moment in this movie where uh, the sort of sciencey kind of guy, who by the way seems delighted about everything that's going on, I forgot to mention. Even when his hand is like yeah. stabbed through, he's like screaming, but he's like, "Oh, oh, oh, blood! Look!" And he, it's is, going he is just not phased by the things crawling under the bed. No, he is so happy. No, no. He's, he's delighted so happy. when he finds it. He's right. like, oh. "Look at this! Come check this out!" It's like it's like he's like you know I just discovered you know this new scientific thing, and that brings me to my point. I think at some point when all, all this stuff is truly going sideways, when it goes from subtle to like not subtle at all, he starts having a conversation with the paranormal researcher and says something akin to, I think we finally found it or something mm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I, this is my thinking. My thinking is, I'm going to invent an entire backstory here. My thinking is <laughs> that th this scientist and a group of other people, including this paranormal researcher, have been traveling around trying to find thin thin mo thin areas uh, within uh, our world that sort of allow you to cross over to another dimension. And they keep mm -hmm. poking at it and using all this equipment. And they finally found it here and they agitate it so much, they basically tear it open. And, that, and then all hell breaks loose. And so, uh, you know, obviously stuff was happening and, and, you know, having a woman beaten to death in a, a shower and a guy, I guess, sucked up isn't minor. Um, but... I think that these are all the byproduct of science gone bad, where they have screwed around with things so much that they've somehow broken through to this other dimension, caught these creatures' attention, and now things are going bad. And so the thing you're supposed to be scared of isn't a ghost, it's another, an entity, a sort of science fiction-y entity. You know, there's a, there's a couple other things that support the way that you're looking at it. I forgot, when, when the cop is with the female parapsychologist, and he's like, well, how do we stop it? And she's like, oh, no, no. That's not right. going to happen. It's kind of like, oh, my dear boy. <laughs> We're yes. not here to stop okay. it. <laughs> We're, here to, okay. We're here to study it. But everything you just said, except, except swap out, uh, not the afterlife necessarily, but it, it all works with the haunting, too. I mean, I, I guess, I guess, in my mind, uh, the thing that makes it scarier is that it's not about the undead or angry spirits. It's about uh, the misuse and abuse of science 
uh, to create something that is beyond our control. Oh, but to be clear, I don't, I don't believe haunting is always a dead person. Like, I don't think haunting is, is only someone who has passed on and is, and is trying to do whatever. Yeah, I was, I'm going to say that I, like, I see what you're saying. And I think the other thing is, I like the idea of the science, but the movie just wouldn't go there. Like, that's where it kept on seeming to want to pull its punches. And right. I really, and the thing is, all three of these scientists, you know, yep. go almost out of their way to make themselves look jaded. And that I've seen it all, this is science, this is science, this is science. And the cop's like, come on, you know, this is not good. <laughs> and, and, like, well, and, and you're right, he's the vessel for us going, how could you be like this? But that's kind of where it ends. I mean, I don't know. They talk about the water, which uh, uh, flimsy. It's flimsy. They don't yeah. dwell on it. But there is this thing where they're basically they talk about the orange segments and they talk about the water and how they travel through the water. And and it's like, OK, what? <laughs> and then they move on. But I, I think that that is, um, in my mind, the thing that pulls it all together. Otherwise, it ends up in my mind being like three genres. It's hard for me mm. to fix those genres together. Hmm, that's an interesting point. You are right. They do definitely. And this is, again, it goes back to my point about the translation. I'm not entirely sure that microbes is is what is actually said. Uh, it might be. And if and if one of our uh, listeners wants to who who is fluent can corroborate that or or not, that would be amazing. Yes, I was about to make that call you out are myself. Absolutely right. Yeah, that would I that water is the, the connectivity between everything there. It's true. And that is, unless water can be haunted, which, hey, <laughs> you never it know. could. Wasn't there a movie called Dark no, Water? Wait, but you have a point there. Let me, let me ask. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I think there was a movie. I don't think it was very good. I think it was based on a <laughs> Japanese movie called Dark Water. So, Dark Water. Oh, I'm just right. saying, if, yes. of, of, if, if there was to be a subgenre of haunted water, that might be the one movie <laughs> that could keep it company. Haunted so. Water. Um, I, I, I think... Um, the uh, I'm sorry the, the the haunted water thing just completely it, it, <laughs> it made me completely forget what I was gonna say. <laughs> it's, um, oh no, this is what I was gonna say. Do you do you Susan and and Adam? Do you guys think the thing that is killing people is it evil? Maybe that's the way. You, in my mind, it's not evil. Oh. It's like it's it's nature. Well, uh. Yes, here's why. Because you don't shove glass in someone's eyes <laughs> and leave them alive if you're just hungry, you know, or or like snapping her neck. Mm, OK, you could argue that it's self-defense, whatever, whatever. But no, they seem to be deliberately trying to inflict emotional and physical yeah, harm. Yeah, I'm with Susan on this. I, I, I think you've, you, that articulates the distinction I'm trying to draw in my head, that there's a malevolence now, to this. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get super PETA here, but <laughs> there, there is an argument to be made that there are uh, groups of people today who do that sort of thing to lesser entities <laughs> for True. seemingly ridiculous reasons. Yes. I... Uh, yes. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is maybe we are this other dimension's lab rats. 
to be very blunt. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Now, see, that would be really neat. For that would that would be. See, that, I don't think there's anything to support that <laughs> in the film, but I do think that's a neat idea. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Is that in, in this discussion about science, it's kind of like I think the movie went far enough to start to give an explanation that it may have benefited from going a little bit further, or it should have just right. held back even more and yeah, kept us completely yeah. in the dark. Um, you know, because that, that's one of the things uh, about Poltergeist is that nothing makes sense until the last 30 seconds of the movie, which is you never move the graves. Right. And so it's, that's kind of what you're left with and where everything that, that precedes that, even with scientists and occultists, you know, throughout the movie, it's all just kind of like, huh? I don't know. She's in the TV. Um, that... I'm now very interested in his sequel because maybe that mm -hmm. is his attempt to kind of go in the science direction. But yeah, I'm just not, I'm not there in the sense that at the core of this movie is a science or scientific philosophy. Well, so let's real quickly talking about the end because there is, I think, some a lot of stuff that happens in the end that uh, could confuse or muddy the waters a bit. So basically he tries to burn down, he leaves, he escapes. Not only does he leave the house where he's still in danger, but the he cop, actually, this is the, the cop. cop, I'm sorry, the cop, he, he gets the heck out of Dodge and he's like in some cul-de-sac a mile away and gets lured back because a buddy of his, who's a cop is there looking for him. Who's like the stupidest cop ever. Who's like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, where are you? Where this are is you? deputy Dewey of Argentina. I have to say, yeah. <laughs> it's like all these terrible things are happening. I don't see you. I'm going to walk in here now. And he's like, don't do it. <laughs> so he rushes back to try to save him. Ends up, ends up uh, deciding I've got to burn down these houses because I assume he thinks he could stop whatever it is. All that's fine and good, but the movie ends with if going doing basically a jump back to uh, the husband, who's in uh, some sort of either asylum or prison. He's being interviewed by three new people who aren't really connected to this, though one of them is Deputy Dewey. Um, and they're like, you know, can you tell what's going on? And then suddenly he's like, who's that other dude behind you who's all burnt up looking? And the movie ends with a chair flying at the camera. Um, now I, my understanding is the sequel is going to pick up from that very second. Oh, oh. wow. So it's going to be, we're going to, there's going to be, but so the question is if the sequel's picking up there and that happens there, then the argument could be made that something that started in one house spread to the adjoining house and then jumped the street has now spread out to the police department. So maybe... I'm, I'm using this for an argument for another sort of uh, genre. Maybe this is an infection. Nobody likes well, that. Because, <laughs> well, no, it's, it's interesting you say that because the, the husband is looking over. So these three new guys are uh, asking the husband, you know, do you know these researchers? They came to you. What did they ask you? All that. And in the middle of the conversation, he looks past them and says, hey, he came in with you. They can't see him. Right. What he's seeing is the scientist who was so excited about yeah. getting his hands stabbed and all that. Or something and was, like that. Yeah. And is now burnt to a crisp because he, he burned up in the house. That's who he's seeing behind them. And he says, he came in with you. So it does kind of support your idea that it's, it's not a geographical infection, but it might be moving from person to person. 
as they sort of bring this whatever with them. So like it follows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But without all the sexy bits. Sadly. Sadly. It follows, but instead of having sex, you get your eyes poked out with glass. (laughs) (laughs) Half a dozen of one. Yeah. Six of the other. Well, I insert joke here. Yeah. So final. Okay. So we need to make our final evaluation. Adam, where are you coming down? I'm I'm coming down on haunting. Okay. So I guess. uh, So paranormal. Yeah. Paranormal uh, paranormal haunting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm also going paranormal paranormal haunting. haunting. Now, do we want to call it haunting, occult, spiritualism? Like, what's the subgenre of paranormal that I, this fits I, I, I think haunting because they're just being so yeah. messed with. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I think haunting is a a specific paranormal activity. Haha. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I will I will I will uh, acquiesce. I think that's the right word. It's a fancy it's word. A good one. Yeah. <laughs> and five dollar word right there. I don't. I don't have enough evidence to ba- to back up my crazy, uh, deluded ideas. I love my idea, but maybe I'm wrong. So I'll go ahead and say we're going to type it in. We're going to say paranormal and haunting is the. It's okay if you if you want to stick that. Could we can put it to the listeners? I mean, I'd like to hear what they have to say. If anybody yeah, else yeah. thinks science is there, I mean, I think. I still feel like that. But then also, like, you know, this gets into a discussion about Hellraiser and, you know, what is really Hellraiser about if it's – is it hell? Is it demons? And if that's the case, like, I don't know. Anyway, I, 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 I think there's something more to it in my mind than haunting, mm. but I can't come up with a good conclusion. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're coming down. Paranormal, haunting. Uh, listeners, we absolutely want to hear your perspective yes. on this because – there's just a lot going on in this movie. It's I really enjoyed it. I'm so excited to hear about the sequel. That's really great. Yeah. I, little, I, can, I cannot wait to see what Guillermo del Toro does with the creatures because, oh, my God, his yeah. work on uh, Pan's Labyrinth and Hellboy. Yeah. Oh, oof, I can't wait. That's going to be good stuff. I'm excited about that. Uh, so, yes. So let us know what you think. There's a lot going on. You, you might have picked up on something that we completely missed. So, uh, yeah, please, please absolutely let us know uh, about that. And that concludes this discussion about Terrified. Uh, Adam, where can the lovely people find you on the Internet? Um, you can <laughs> find me in the dark corners of the Internet. Uh, it's called The Twitter. I, it's the Twitter. at Adam Sessler. <laughs> Brian, what about you? I am uh, also in the shadows of Twitter. Uh, Crescenti B. It's C-R-E-C-E-N-T-E. Be, or you can find me at padandpixel.com. And you can find me on the Twitters as well, at Susan Arndt. And if you want to discuss this movie with us on Twitter, absolutely, please feel free. If you want to uh, chime in about what you think about this particular movie, or you want to suggest a movie yep. that you think should be put in its proper place, you can send that to letters at longleggedbeasties.com. We just want to hear from you. We want, we want to open up this discussion to y'all and see what you think about it, because it's just cool to get different insights and perspectives about stuff that's this unsettling and disturbing. And I, I, I also... Like, for, like, <laughs> I'm thinking about the, the, the milk scene because I'm not a parent. Yeah. But hearing you talk about like that to me was just like, okay, the body moved. That's whatever. But uh, you are a parent. So hearing you pick that out as something. 
Milk and cookies, uh, particularly man. Particularly, yeah, I think Ooh, there's magic. some colorful like, cereal as well that's in a bowl. Yes, it looks yeah. like he's got some fruity pebbles or yeah, something like that. Something along, yeah. Oof, man, that's a poignant moment. It's really good. Yeah. See, this is why I, lo- I love having these kinds of conversations and why I want to hear from our audience as well. So that wraps it up for this week. Please join us next time on Long-Legged Beasties, where we will be talking about another scary movie. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>